This glorious thing you are listening to right now is the inaugural episode of Lunduk's Normal Computing for October 19th in the year of our Lord 2022. I have separated out the the places where I talk about retro computing, alternative operating systems, the, the weird computing from the normal computing. Because realistically, as much as I love old computers and bizarre computers. And when I say bizarre, I don't mean bad. I just mean, you know, not used very often. And alternative operating systems. I love those things. But I still love to talk about Windows and Mac and Linux because Linux isn't weird anymore. Linux is mainstream. Linux is normal. And so that is this show. Every Wednesday, we're going to talk about the popular computing stuff, the normal computing stuff, stuff from the big tech companies, Google, Microsoft, Apple, dare I say, Facebook, Twitter, etc. The big things, right? Because it turns out, and I know this is crazy, you want to sit yourself down for a minute. I have opinions on those things. (laughs) So we get to talk about those every Wednesday. And then all the weird stuff, all the unusual stuff, the stuff that most random computer users have never even heard of or haven't heard of or seen in the last 40 years, that all goes on Sunday. That's That's my weekend hobby. I get to goof off time. Normal stuff on Wednesday, weird stuff on Sunday. <laughs> All right, let's dive right into it. I got uh, I got a couple of news items that I uh, I saw this week and I had thoughts about. And I think you'll see why I have thoughts as we progress along. The first one is from our dear friends in Redmond, Microsoft. Now, many of you may know that I used to work at Microsoft. I spent uh, many, many years at Microsoft in the in the 90s and early aughts, and I mostly worked on their cross-platform stuff, but I also spent quite a few years working on just straight-up Office. Well, now Microsoft is dropping Office entirely. Not the product. They're still going to make Word and Excel and all that sort of thing. They're just not going to call it Office anymore. They're going to call it 365. (laughs) Now, they've had this 365 subscription service for a while, but now they're just kind of rolling Office into all of it. Instead Instead of using the Microsoft Office brand that has existed for over 30 years and and many, many years and many fiscal years has been the predominant moneymaker for the company. I mean, it is one of the major brands that Microsoft has. Instead of using that brand, that established brand, that trusted brand, they're going to rename everything to Microsoft 365. (laughs) Which I'm going to be very blunt, is one of the stupidest marketing moves I can think of. Now, I mean, if this had been a new brand, right, if Microsoft had just come up with Microsoft Office a year ago or a couple years ago, and they're like, you know what, we're going to change things up a little bit. This isn't quite it. We're going to go with a, a new a new branding. I'd be like, OK, all right, fine. Uh, change, change your name. But it's been that way for over three decades, over a quarter of a century. Microsoft Office has been Microsoft Office. And now they're going to ditch it for something that doesn't even necessarily make sense. 
Now, you know, here's the thing. When where do you use Microsoft Office? What do you do with Microsoft Office applications? Well, you do office stuff, you know? Word processing and spreadsheets and presentations. You do office things. Whether you're at your home office or your business office office, you do office stuff. So what do you do with Microsoft 365? Well, I guess you do 365 stuffs. This is stupid. I know 365, yeah, blah, 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 days of the year. It doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. What this strikes me as is a series of marketing and general managers and executives at Microsoft that have a huge amount of time on their hands and they just don't have anything to do. Like they're sitting around thinking, okay, what do we put in the next version of Word and Excel and Office? What do we do? And they just looked at each other around their their boardroom and they're like, I got it. Let's drop the name Office completely. This is stupid. Oh, it's just t- totally stupid. Now, it doesn't seem like it's really changing anything. It just it just changes their brand and their, you know, their 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 logoing and all that sort of thing. But it's just dumb. It's just really really dumb. It it smacks of boredom, of pure boredom. And again, if if this had been a brand new thing, if in 2019 they came out with Microsoft Office for the first time, and then in 2022 they're like, ah, you know what, we're going to change the way we brand that. I'd be like, okay, it's fine. You're still figuring it out. But it's pretty well established at this point. It, it, it's a, <laughs> right? Like, like, look at it from the Apple side of things. Apple completely changed their operating system to something totally new when they went from Mac OS 9 to Mac OS 10. What did they call their new operating system? Mac OS. <laughs> because the brand was established. People knew what they wanted. Their, their customer base was there and they kept going with it. When, when Microsoft came out with Windows NT, it was still Microsoft Windows. It was just a new version of it. They still call it Windows. But no, they're going to ditch Office entirely and make it 365. They might as well just make it Microsoft X. Uh, it's retarded. Um, moving on to Apple. Let's talk about Apple for a moment. So Apple came out with some new iPods. or Sorry, iPads. Kind of wish they'd come out with new iPods. Uh, Sidetrack for a minute. I actually am a big fan of the iPod touches. Remember? Do you, do you remember when that when when Apple came out with the iPod Touch? It was basically an iPhone without all the phone guts. What it was in practice, I know. I know they kind of marketed it as a new version of the iPod, you know, for watching videos and and listening to music and all that. But really, what they had was a PDA, and it was for the first time since the the death of the Newton. With the iPod Touch, Apple had a PDA, which was great for things like kids. Right? Like you want to give a kid um, something to have some games on it, some learning programs, the ability to take some pictures, uh, maybe to listen to some of their music and download a few uh, of their favorite shows to it. But you want to lock it down so they can't, you know, just go off and willy nilly use whatever. The iPod was great for that. Because you didn't necessarily want a, a cell phone in their pocket, but you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to be on car trips and you wanted to give a, a cool device to the kids, it was great for that. Or honestly, people like me who 
didn't necessarily want to have an iPhone, but would like to be having some sort of iOS device so I could play with whatever was in the, the ecosystem and install some games on it and, and use it as a PDA, well, that's, it was a perfect device, a little lower cost. It was just sweet. It was a sweet spot for it. I wish they would bring the iPod Touches back, you know? Just the, a mega cheap iPhone without the phone parts. <laughs> Excuse me, I know that was a little loud, but I really want that. Anyway, uh, I digress. So the iPads, they came out with these new iPads uh, just a, just a, about a day ago, and they're 10.9 inch, so they're 11 inch big old displays, you know, uh, A14 Bionic chip, uh, says Greg Joswiak, we're so excited to bring the completely redesigned iPad to our most advanced iPad lineup ever. Uh, he's the senior VP of worldwide marketing. With the large 10.9-inch screen, A14 Bionic chip, first-ever landscape front camera, fast wireless connectivity, USB-C, and support for incredible accessories like the new Magic Keyboard Folio and the new I the new iPad delivers more value, blah, 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 blah. Okay, uh, so thoughts on this. If you haven't seen them, go check them out. They, add, they come in a whole bunch of colors. So they got like a yellow and like this kind of pinkish red and this like slate blue. And I kind of like it when Apple goes down the color route. I, I It reminds me of the old iMacs, those old CRT iMacs when they first started coming out in colors other than the Bondi blue, because that, that was what that first iMac color was called, was Bondi blue, that translucent blue. And then they came out with all these different colors and the flower power ones. And they, and they had the, the Rolling Stones song, she comes in color, she comes in right? That, that whole thing. I really liked that because it, it was interesting. It was different. It was unique. It had some personality to it. It had some flair to it. And well, you know, a lot of different things come in a bunch of different colors now. And they've done this with the iPhones for a bit. I like it. You know what? Release it in a bunch of different colors. You know, all the same cost, and people can just pick the color they want. I mean, it's just weird injection-molded plastic half the time anyway. I mean, I know these are a little bit different than that. There's not just an injection-molded plastic backing. It's all kind of like this weird material, but but still just the same. I like it. I, I, cool. Make it colorful. Make it so you can have a black one or a silver one or a, or a bright yellow one. The bright yellow one honestly looks kind of ridiculous, but I like that they make it. That's cool. Second, they now have USB-C. No more of this, this lightning stuff. Standard USB-C. Thank you. Yes. About time. I, I've got a, I've got an iPhone XR that I use. Long weird story behind that one. But I've got an iPhone XR that I use, and I, I, I dislike the lightning connector thing, because half the time when I want to plug something else into it, it's some variant on USB or just a straight up USB C. And if I just had a USB C that I could use to charge it and plug in peripherals like microphones or, 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 uh, or extra storage or whatnot, fantastic. That would, that would just do the trick without the need for extra dongles. Now, here's the thing. Even though the new iPads, these new colorful iPads have USB C, the peripherals for them 
aren't aren't all USB-C yet. They're still lightning-y. Specifically, I'm talking about their stylus, the Apple Pencil. It's it's not USB-C. So you need an adapter. So they they did they did away with the lightning connector, which met, which which made it easier to connect to a lot of things. But now the Apple peripherals are all lightning, so, <laughs> so you need an adapter to connect the Apple peripherals. It's ridiculous. I now I'm assuming I'm assuming this is going to be a temporary thing. I mean this can't last for long. I'm sure Apple's just going to move everything over to USB C. I don't know why they wouldn't. It would be really really silly to not. Um, they'll just move it over to USB-C and then at some point the need for those lightning connector dongles will just go away entirely. And that's that's fantastic. That's good news. Uh, but for the in the meantime, in the meantime, it's like a temporary annoyance for for iOS users because now they have to have an extra adapter just so they can go go from USB-C over to lightning. Uh, it seems backwards. Anyway, I, I find that highly humorous. Um, the front-facing camera thing was a good move. Uh, so uh, they they moved the front-facing camera. So uh, so if you're doing like a little like you know a video chat or whatnot, it used to be that it was on the the portrait side. So it was was in the center and the top uh, when it's in portrait mode. So but if you turned the whole thing landscape. Now your camera was off to one side, like it was on the far left, which meant it always looked like you were looking away from the camera. It looked weird. Uh, now they made it so it's in the center when it's in landscape mode at the top, which makes it look normal because that's the normal spot where you'd put like a webcam or something like that. Um, how, why, how it took this long to get that sorted out is kind of ridiculous, but they did it. They fixed it. Good job, Apple. Uh, okay, downsides to this thing. Number one, uh, there's still no expandable storage. As far as I, I was looking through their website, and I couldn't find any mention of the ability to, say, stick in an SD card or something. Uh, that's that's ridiculous. I mean, they market the iPad in such a way as it as it comes across like a like a, a laptop replacement. Well, I'm sorry, but you need to be able to expand your storage in such a device. I, I'm sorry, you just do. Uh, I, I think it's ridiculous when you don't. And, and Apple's not the only only uh, offender in this category. There are so many companies that do not provide adequate expandable storage, whether it's some variant of an SD card or otherwise. It, it's silly. It's silly. Now, you can you know plug in... You know, like a like a now a USB C thumb drive, I suppose. Uh, that's something, but you really need it to be internal, because otherwise you just got this thing dangling out there all the time, and you can't have this the storage plugged in when you're when you're charging and ah, blah 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 blah. No, that that that's a fail. That's a fail right there. The other thing, and again, this is not an Apple specific thing. Still no replaceable battery. Ah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, these things need replaceable batteries. Uh, they're, they just they have a finite lifespan on them. They need replaceable batteries. Apple used to be the best at replaceable batteries. I, I don't know how many of you were were Apple users during the '90s, but oh my heavens, they were the best. And and to give you an example, old Apple laptops used to have 
hot swappable batteries that that were awesome. Uh, such that uh, my, some of my favorites were the uh, uh, the PowerBook G3 series. They, they were codenamed Wall Street, Pismo, Lombard, and a few others. But they had two expansion bays, one on the left and one on the right, and these little these little levers that kind of folded in flush. But you could pull these levers out in the front and chink chink, and it would shoot out whatever was in the left and right expansion bay. You could put whatever you wanted in those, including no battery at all. You could put in a um, a floppy disk, a three and a half inch floppy disk on one side, and a and a CD burner on the other side, or a DVD drive, whatever you had. Or you could have no media at all, no drives, just two batteries, for real, two batteries. It was awesome. It was so awesome. And you could have external, and Apple would come with these, these battery charger kits. So you could buy these external battery chargers, kind of like what they, they have for, for some cameras nowadays. Battery charger kits and you get extra batteries. You could have three or four batteries charging up at, at all times. And you just junk, 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 slop, 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 slap them on in. <laughs> that's, a, that's a perfect, <laughs> perfect imitation, by the way, of the noise that they made. And it was awesome. And they had so many different laptop lines and the like that that did this. It was great. Apple really was some of the best at those user serviceable components for a period of time. I wish they would lead there again. I truly do. Because when I when I look across some of the Apple hardware and you look at things like the 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 M1, et cetera, processor line of the newer Macintoshes, it's a technological marvel. They did a really fantastic job with that. The performance and the battery to performance ratio is outstanding. Just gloriously good. If they could come and take that and apply that 1990s and even into the early 2000s Apple design sensibility where they tried to make things easy, <clears throat> really easy for all of us to replace parts. Gosh, I mean, it would be so hard for me not to use a Mac. I don't know that I'd run Mac OS on it. I might, I might still run Linux or something on it, but it would be, but that would be amazing. Remember those clamshell iBooks or even those white iBooks? It used to be that you could just use a quarter and stick a quarter in this little quarter slot, give it a half turn, and the battery would pop out. You just drop right out, slap in a new one. It's awesome. Awesome. I, uh, a couple years back, maybe like three or four years back, I, uh, I bought a used clamshell, those toilet seat ones, <laughs> I, iBook G3. They're really fun machines. The ones big, they the big rubbered edges, and they have the handle that's spring loaded on them. And uh, the one I got, the battery held charge for all of like a minute and a half. Well, I went and I uh, I found a I found someone who would sell a a, a new one, or a new in box one, and it was in good shape. It was holding the charge great. What did I do? Quarter half turn, plop plops out. Slap in the new one. 30 seconds at most, including pulling it out of the plastic wrapper. It was amazing. And nowadays, <clears throat> nowadays you can't change, you can't change a battery on anything. 
I mean, and it's not it's not just Apple. I, I've got my Android phone over here. Can't change the battery on that. Uh, I've got a uh, I've got a Surface Go running uh, Debian Linux. Uh, which, by the way, the little Surface Go devices, the little Surface Go laptops, great little Linux machines. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, you can slap a Ubuntu or whatever you want on there. Works fantastically right out of the gate. Uh, beautiful. Can't change the battery easily on that one either. Uh, the Dell XPS 13 line, great laptops, really quality laptops. Can't change the battery on those. It's it's a failure. It's a massive failure, and, and I'm going to call it out whenever I see it. And the fact that Apple used to be one of the biggest leaders. Now, I mean, they weren't the only one that did this, but they were they were one of the best in making it easy to use. In fact, you can go back in time and watch uh, keynotes with Steve Jobs where he touted how awesome it was to change out the battery on your iBook or PowerBook. It was just so easy. He did it during the demo. It was amazing. And, and and now, now we're at a point where where Apple is just like, you want to change your battery because batteries inevitably go bad and therefore all of your devices that where you can't change a battery have an end of life pre-programmed in. You want to do that? No can do. No can do. I I feel like it's almost a betrayal of what Apple used to be. And Apple needs to get on that. Apple should lead in this in this race. They should lead in the right to the repa- right to repair. They should do it. They should. And if they did, I would support them on it. I would shout their praises from the rooftops. I tell you what. Uh, anyway, those those iPads, which other than the things I just complained about, look pretty sweet. Uh, they start at four forty nine. Um, which is a little bit higher than the iPad 9s. Um, a lot of people, I think, are probably going to stick with the iPad 9 series that came out before it, um, just for a you know cost for performance uh, <laughs> sort of thing. All right, moving on. Let's talk about GitHub. Because, yeah, GitHub is normal and mainstream now. It's Microsoft. <laughs> well, they, well, a new website launched <clears throat> called uh, GitHubCopilotInvestigation.com. <laughs> <clears throat> GitHub go copilotinvestigation.com. So if you don't know what Copilot is, GitHub Copilot, if you have it installed, uh, you go along, you're typing your code, writing your sweet, sweet app, write a few words, and GitHub says, you know what? I think you mean to type um, a new bit of login functionality. Well, here's, uh, you know, some, some open login stuff that, uh, I'm going to spit out for you as a template. And it pulls all that together. It generates that using this quote, artificial intelligence, <laughs> which <laughs> this guy, anyway, that, <clears throat> that's another, another yeah, rant, but they, they pull it in from every single repository on GitHub regardless of the license. So if the code is GPL, it will pull code, GPL code, GPL license code into your project. Your project may not be GPL licensed. That both opens you up to a can of worms and it violates the license of the person who wrote that code originally. Now, GitHub has known about this from the start. Um... Here we go. I'm going to read read this. Uh, here we go. Uh, this is a statement from the Copilot Investigation website. 
quote, we're investigating a potential lawsuit against GitHub Copilot for violating its legal duties to open source authors and end users. Microsoft and OpenAI must be relying on a fair use argument. In fact, we know this is so because former GitHub CEO Nat Friedman claimed during the Copilot technical preview that, quote, training machine learning systems on public data is fair use. And then they continue, well, is it? The answer isn't a matter of opinion, it's a matter of law. Naturally, Microsoft, OpenAI, and other researchers have promote, have been promoting the fair use argument. Nat Friedman further asserted that there is, a, there is jurisprudence on fair use that is, quote, broadly relied upon by the machine learning community. But... The Software Freedom Conservancy disagreed and pressed Microsoft for evidence to support its position. According to the Software Freedom Conservancy director, Bradley Kuhn, quote, We inquired privately with Friedman and other Microsoft and GitHub representatives in June of 2021, asking for solid legal references for GitHub's public legal positions. They provided none. Okay. So, uh, start with Bradley Kuhn over at the Software Freedom Conservancy is uh, is a legitimately very good dude. Um, uh, we've had I've had the pleasure of hanging out, breaking bread, and, and chatting with Brad on on many occasions. And uh, he's not just he's he's a he's a true believer in the free software side of things. But more importantly, in this case, he has a very good and very level-headed head on his shoulders when it comes to most legal issues. I've taken some issues with stances that the Software Freedom Conservancy has made in the past. However, I very rarely take, take objection to Bradley Kuhn's stance. Um, so other individuals within the Software Freedom Conservancy have a tendency to make very outlandish claims. They get very political. Um, they, they tend to, to confuse legality with their own personal morality. Bradley Kuhn does not tend to do that. Uh, he tends, when he says this seems to be the legal precedent, he means this seems to be the legal precedent. Read lots of books. This seems to be the precedent, whether I like it or not. <clears throat> and so uh, I, I, I kind of am in agreement with Bradley here. I'm not a lawyer. I mean, obviously. However, I, I, there seems to be very serious concerns that I've raised in the past many times with GitHub's co-pilot using code, not giving a credit to the authors, not informing the end user what the license for that code should have been or originally was, it opens up potential legal troubles for many people, for the end users, for and for the people who wrote the code originally, and honestly, for Microsoft as well, because they're scraping code, reusing it, and giving it out as a product that they don't necessarily have the right to do that with. Uh, this is going to be very interesting to see how it turns out. So if you have any concerns that you see your code being used or you just want to follow along with what's happening here, GitHubCopilotInvestigation.com. 
I like a good website that is very clear about what the website does. That domain name is very to the point yet long. Uh, anyway, ne- next story, next story. I want to talk about Firefox momentarily because a new version of Firefox just rolled out that made me laugh a great deal. Firefox version 106. Okay, that's that's not the funny part, but it is a bit ridiculous that 106 major releases of Firefox. These aren't point releases. It's not like this is version like 10.6. <laughs> this is version 106. That's ridiculous. Don't I mean, at this point, they're going to be on version like 379 pretty soon. Version 8,342. At some point, version numbers become just pointless, random, big numbers. They might as well just skip a couple hundred numbers. Why not just jump to uh, Firefox version 1000 next? I mean, at this point, it's pointless. Ugh. Anyway, so this this new version of Firefox for Windows, for Mac, for Linux has some new features in it. Now, some of those features are interesting and valuable. For instance, uh, you can now edit PDFs and annotate PDFs directly inside Firefox. That's kind of cool for like filling out forms or uh, signing documents and the like, or just taking notes on top of a document. Cool, cool feature. Does it really belong in a HTML web browser? Okay, probably not. But you know what? It's still a useful feature. So, uh, I mean, since we're already going down the rabbit hole of being on version 106 and every tab taking 1.21 gigabytes of RAMs, we might as well throw in editing of HTML or editing of PDFs as well. Um, Also, they added text recognition on images. So when you have an image inside Firefox, you can It'll detect text and let you select it. So so you can search and select text inside images when you're running on Mac OS. That's kind of a cool feature. So basically it allows you to search for text inside of an image. That's kind of neat. Um, And then they added swipe navigation on Linux, blah, 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 blah. A couple other features. However, (laughs) there were two really big features they added. The, The big ones. It's funny that these are the ones that really got the most press time, that got the most pictures and screenshots and and quotes and whatnot from Mozilla. The first one, (laughs) the first one they call independent voices. (laughs) Okay. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and read a quote here because I'm going to let you try and figure out what this is. This is a quote from someone named Keely. Laskio, who apparently is a person who designs sneakers, tennis shoes, right? This is a person who designs like tennis shoes. Quote, according to Keely Laskio, independent voices are the voices of the past and present that create a better future. I chose this as my inspiration for the collaboration because it feels authentic to me, but it also aligns with the Firefox and the vision that we can make the world better on the internet and beyond. Okay, so you're thinking to yourself, great, so Firefox so Firefox partnered with this person, <laughs> this, this tennis shoe designer, <laughs> on something called independent voices. So what is it? 
it is it is uh what is it exactly (laughs) you got to check out the screenshot for this because it's ridiculous so this new feature i'm going to describe it as best i can to you inside firefox you can pull up a feature that lets you tell firefox what you are right now you only have six choices that you can make uh, and one of the key one is activist. I'm an activist, right? Or I'm a dreamer. And you tell it what you are. And you tell it how intense you are about that thing, right? So you're like, I identify as activist. And I am, and my intensity is soft, balanced, or bold. <laughs> So you can be like a balanced activist. What does that mean? I don't know. But here's the thing. Once you've set that, you once you've said Firefox, I am a balanced activist. You know what happens? Your web browser, the title bar, it turns blue. <laughs> because, assumedly, tennis shoes. I'm not joking. That seems to be the whole thing. It 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 changes the color. Like I I like there's there's red, yellow, green, blue, purple, and like orange. Those are the available colors. But you you get the colors based on whether you're a dreamer or an activist or whatever, right? And how how intense you are about it. And here's what's weird. Not only does it seem ridiculous. And make you go, oh, my heavens, they really did this. But it's temporary. Like, you making those choices is a temporary thing. So you could say, I'm a bold activist. Well, that just lasts for a little while. Like, a certain number of days. And then then you can choose a new thing. That is legitimately their big new feature. Not joking. That's the one that they have the most quotes on, screenshots on. That that's the most website time of all the new features goes towards this thing called independent voices. Uh, it, it 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 you lets you tell Firefox what your feelings are. I guess. I- <laughs> This is where we're at with web browsers, ladies and gentlemen. Web browsers have gotten to the point where we're adding sneaker, tennis-shoed, designer-inspired feelings that show the title bar a color just for a bit. That's the killer feature of Firefox 100. Sorry, I have to look this up. 106. (laughs) No, no. Sorry. There is one other feature. It's called Firefox View, and it looks like a mess. So you set your independent voice type, right? And then you have some tabs that you've been open. And if you go to Firefox View, it's like this particular view within Firefox, you can see what you've selected for your independent voice and tabs that you've recently closed. Yep. That's uh that's the future, ladies and gentlemen. The future of web browsing is now. <laughs> so retarded. I'm sorry, that's just stupid. Oh, someone spent time on that. 
someone literally sat down and and not just came up with the idea, designed the idea, implemented the idea, tested it, (laughs) shipped it, and then created marketing and press materials and quotes around it and was really proud of it. Oh, my heavens. Oh, my heavens. We need to just burn it all down and go back to Mosaic. NSASA, Mosaic, or Netscape 1.0. I'm sorry. I'm done. We're done with web browsers. Current web browsers need to go. We need to go. We just need to start over. I understand that JavaScript is cool. Um, we have lots of cool technology. Um, WebAssembly is very neat. Uh, I get it. Yes, yes, very powerful. However, once you've gotten to the point where your primary features are independent voices that turn your thing purple because you're a very bold activist, you have to start over. At that point, you might as well burn all of society down just so that you can eventually start over with a new web browser. Uh, this is just ridiculous. <laughs> I, I would, I would love to see one of the big browser makers. Like I know there, there's some little browser like like projects going on that that have a lot of promise, but I would love to see the big browser makers. You know, uh, basically Google or or Mozilla. Or maybe Brave too, uh, or Microsoft come out with a new browser where they said specifically, "We don't have features. Like we're just gonna render web web pages. Like we'll render all the modern web pages. You know, with all the JavaScripties and all the all the DOM models and all the it'll it'll work great on the YouTubes. It'll work great. Um, however, the there's there's not a lot of features." There's, there's no fancy, uh, fancy views or special theming things or things where you can tell it what your feelings are. No features, none, none, just web browser. And I would just like them to just say, you know what, we're going to be a web browser and we'll release a new version of the web browser when it is absolutely necessary to do so in order to browse the web. And for no other reason will they release a new update to the web browser. (laughs) I would love that. Maybe maybe release a new web browser update once a year. Like once a year, you can get a new update to the web browser. And that's it. That's it. Call it at that. Oh, my heavens. Anyway, uh, thank you, everyone, for hanging out with me on this inaugural episode of Lunduke's Normal Computing. Uh, hang, Come back on Sunday when we got weird stuff to talk about. Alternative operating systems, retro computing, all that good stuff. But... I, I, I'm, I'm so psyched that I get to rant and rave about, (laughs) about the, the modern mainstream, big tech, popular culture, computing, whatever you want to call it, normal computing, the, the big five, the big four, whatever. I, I, I have so many feelings built up in me. That's what they need. Firefox needs, uh, for their, their little, uh, what do they call it again? Uh, independent voices. Uh, they need a tech curmudgeon. And, and then, uh, you know what? I'll start using Firefox if I can select the radio button that says I am a bold tech curmudgeon. And it just it just changes Firefox to be, a, you know, a picture of uh, of the Simpsons grandpa with the old man screams at cloud or whatever. You know, that's me. That's me when I when I look at all this stuff. So uh, anyway, <laughs> Thanks again for hanging out with me. Uh, uh, subscribe on the things and click on all the buttons. Uh, the Lunduke dot the Substack dot the coms and the dot the locals dot the coms. All of all of the dot the coms. Go to those things and do them all. All right, everybody. I will see you a little later. <laughs>